I'm here today with Karen Rivendiera. Karen is the author of 17 books for children and adults, including the multi-award winning Helper Hound series. Her work has appeared in the Washington Post, Christianity Today, Sojourners, Relevant, and many more. She's a member of Inc., a creative collective, and the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. Karen lives in the suburbs of Chicago with her family and her beloved rescue pit bulls. The title of her new book is Saints of Feather and Fang, How the Animals We Love and Fear Connect Us to God. I should also mention that Karen has spoken at our conferences and was instrumental in making our Writing for Your Life Chicago conference take place a couple <laughs> years ago, which was wonderful. You can learn more at KarenRivendiera.com. That's C-A-R-Y-N-R-I-V-A-D-E-N-E-I-R-A.com. So, Karen, it's so great to uh, be with you today, and congratulations on all your work. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you for uh, chatting with me today. It's super fun to see you. Normally, I feel like we see each other at the conferences and stuff, but this is great in this venue. Yeah, no, I was so glad, you know, when I heard you were coming out with another new book and, uh, you know, I wanted to make sure that I included you in the interview program. Yeah, cool. Thank you. So, but before we get into that, maybe you could, you know, just share with folks a little bit more about your background. Sure. So, um, my, I've sort of this all-inclusive, I guess, publishing um, background. When I, when I got out of school, my first job was in uh, magazine editing, which is a fantastic job. There's, they're few and far between these days. Um, but at first I worked in the trade publications. Then I moved in working over at Christianity Today for a bunch of their publications. Um, after that, ventured into sort of the freelance um, editing world, you know, for books and magazines and uh, websites and all kinds of good stuff. And out of that, um, I guess, you know, I'd always been a writer as well as an editor. Um, and out of that came, you know, writing lots of articles and stuff, obviously. But um, my first book, which is came out, I guess, about 10 or 11 years ago now. Um, and since then, it just sort of unleashed something in me. Again, I've, I've, I've identified as a writer my whole life. Um, but the book thing has just been been really fun to write for both adults and children. So, um, in addition to all your writing, you've also been mm -hmm. on staff at a church. And Indeed. you're also getting a degree. You want to talk more about for sure. yes. elements, too? <laughs> There's a few other things going on, too. <laughs> um, right. I am on staff. My dog just came down here to join me. Here. Oh, well, um, dogs I, and children I, are always welcome. The dogs any, and children. Uh, okay, good. Event, so, that's no problem. I, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I am on staff at uh, Elmhurst Christian Reformed Church as uh, the director of care and worship planning there, which, again, is sort of this weird mix of roles, but that happens a lot of times in churches. So, it's a pretty creative role, and I'm fortunate to work with a lot of really creative, great people, so I do enjoy it. Um, three years ago, I um, started seminary, which was, again, sort of something that had been in the back of my head for a long time. Um, just this idea of, you know, I do so much writing about faith-based thing, things and spirituality and, you know, working at a church, obviously, and I, I always loved studying theology and, and religion and learning more about God and different perspectives on what other people think about God. Um, and so I started at Northern Seminary here in Chicago, and um, all my classes are now done. I graduate in June, and it's right. very exciting. Yes. Well, yes. congratulations. That's Thank wonderful. you. Thank you. Yeah. Has to feel like a major milestone. 
It does. Well, it's great too, because it happens about a month be turn, before I turn 50. And so that felt really important <laughs> to me too. Like, there you go. Let's just get this, good, this good. one out of the way. Yeah. So you've written so many books. I mean, can you give people kind of an overview of them? Sure. Um, well, the first book I wrote um, was called Mama's Got a Fake Idea. It was about the identity crisis of motherhood that I had experienced. Um, and it came out of a blog post, honestly, mm. that I'd written. Um, but it was just, I don't know. I think that was the time I, I really fell in love with kind of long form book writing um, and just being able to explore things so deeply. Um, so I did, uh, I guess, five in a row of um, books for grownups, for adults, um, either sort of Christian living, devotional. I co-wrote a novel with my friend Anita Lustria during that phase. Um, and then somewhere along the line, my friend Carla Barnhill, who had been a colleague of mine at Christianity Today, um, had moved over to Spark House. It, is, it was just called Spark House. It's, I guess it still is Spark House. Then there was Spark House Family and um, now it's beaming books. Mm-hmm. And she was an editor over there. And um, she and I were actually roommates at the Festival of Faith and Writing. I should back that up. She had invited me to, to work on some curriculum projects. And uh, I wrote a book, a Noah's Ark book for children. Um, but she and I were at Festival of Faith and Writing. And um, actually, as I said, actually roommates um, for that. And I had had the idea. I was actually writing an article on uh, women's or biblical girls' names. It was for a website called Alatea that I wrote for, a Catholic website that I wrote for frequently. And as I was going through the scripture and looking at all these different beautiful and also some very ugly <laughs> women's biblical names, um, just the stories started popping out. And um, I was talking to Carla, and I was just like, you know what, I, I would love to have a book about women in the Bible for young people that does more for them than just simply paints these like really princessy, happy, you know, fun pictures, but really shows how these women were so courageous and so strong. Um, and so she was like, huh, yeah, that's not a bad idea. She's like, why don't you write, develop that for me? You know, and so it's <laughs> one of these kind of weird um, things. And so that was my um, first foray into really writing for young people. Um book called Grit and Grace. Um, it ended up coming out. Um, I think I was Beaming's first contracted um, writer, I think at the time or something, because they, they were kind of moving from curriculum into this broader thing that they're doing amazingly well now. Um, and so from there, then I was like, okay, I love this writing for kids stuff. Um, and so really started honing the craft and working on developing how to write for kids. And I've been fortunate to be able to have quite a few experiences there as well. Well, talk about helper hounds since you've got several. Yeah. Yeah, So that, um, that was a project that was sort of um, a long time coming, you know, one of those things like when you have little kids and and my kids are now 20, almost 18 and uh, 15. Um, So from the time they were little, you know, you'd make up little stories about dogs and even with our own dogs, you know, you kind of make up dog people are weird. So we make up voices (laughs) and have these whole other lives. And so there'd been somewhere in the back of my head that I always wanted to write a book kind of based on my late dog, uh, Rocky, who was just this weird, wild animal. And so I kind of started formulating this idea of, what if he actually had been like an emotional support dog? You know, what if he had had that kind of role? What, what might his life have looked like? And so that became then a series of um, eight books about dogs who are emotional support um, animals, all rescued dogs, different dogs. Um, they are, you know, uh, 
SEL, social emotional learning based, which was really cool too, because that's been, um, you know, that's such an important movement in the schools, helping kids understand their emotions and deal with that. So the Helper Hound books became a way of me writing about animals, which I love, but also kind of exploring some difficult topics and issues with kids and in what I hope is a fun way for early readers. Well, mm-hmm. I know it was a really successful series. So very yeah, they've done well. Yes. Glad about that. Yeah. Um, but now you've turned into yes. your, your, your new book has come out is yes. for adults. Um, yes. I mentioned Saints of Feather and Fang, How Animals mm-hmm. We Love and Fear Connect Us to God. So what yeah. motivated you to do that book? So uh, I actually, for a long time, thought I will never write for adults again. It was, <laughs> it's just, it's so fun writing for kids and um, writing for adults, particularly in the Christian market, can be... Uh, it can be exhausting. You put a lot of yourself out there. You get a lot of people. I mean, any kind of writer, you get criticism. But um, so I thought, oh, kids are just so much better. But two years ago, um, uh, Valerie Weaver-Zerker, um, who is my editor on this, um, she is at Broadleaf Books. Uh, she emailed and just said, hey, we were just talking a little bit, you know, that we, you know, some ideas on things that we'd like to see. And she's like, we, we feel like there needs to, we'd like a book on like that connects animals and spirituality. Do you have anything like that? Do you ever think about that? I'm like, do I ever think about that? Like all the time, you know, those are like my two favorite things. Um, and so that was really the question that lured me back. And so again, you know, sort of like what my friend Carla had said all those years before, you know, like, well, then work on it, develop an idea, see if there's something here. And um, so I did, I, you know, I connected again, let my agent, um, Adria know, and just said, Hey, what do you think about this? If I, you know, went back down this path and, um, we just kind of batted around some different ideas and, um, yeah, landed it, landed it this. That's very cool. That's right. Well, mm-hmm. you know, as a lifelong dog family, as we, yeah. are, you know, uh, I just love to see something like this. <laughs> okay, yes. So what were your, some of your favorite discoveries as you were writing a book? Oh, I think it was how, um, I mean, I always was aware, you know, in the Bible that God actually talks a lot about animals, relates, to, <laughs> relates God's self to animals, you know, brings animals in. But I think it was just like, as you kind of go back through and start really, really paying attention, just really how much even more than we think, you know, we think it's really that the Bible is a book and it is about people and God, but really it, this is a book about all of creation and God and God's redemption, you know, we're in Holy Week now. So this is what we're, you know, focused on the, the work of redemption and, um, but just what a, what a role animals play in that. And really, I think, you know, the idea of how much animals actually do have to reveal about who God is, um, God's their creator too. So um, for me, it was just kind of a fun exercise. Like it was stuff I always knew and I always believed, but the more stories I read, whether in the Bible or, um, you know, other places, or the more I just paid attention to animals in general, the more I was like, oh yeah, this really, they actually have something to say. Well, you know, um, several people that I know are not necessarily as animal oriented, you know, as we are. Right. Our family, you know, being the dog lovers, mm-hmm. and so you know they kind of dismissive, you know, of of animals, mm-hmm. and especially when it comes to something like spirituality, right? You know, yep, only humans get that, quote mm-hmm. unquote. But you know, if you look at your relationship with 
an animal, a dog, at least in our case, it's clear they really understand love mm -hmm. as an example, right? I mean, better than humans, I would say. <laughs> it's totally. Some, right? You know, so um, I think we do have a lot to learn, <laughs> as absurd as that may sound. Oh, absolutely. I think anyone who has had dogs understands that too, that like just that unconditional love, you know, that they give you and just sort of the patience. I mean, some dogs better than others, admittedly, I get sure, that. But some people better than others. Surprise, people surprise. better than others, totally. <laughs> um, but just so many things. And I think like the idea of just even, you know, how God created the world, like one of my chapters is on the idea of adaptability, you know, this sort of remarkable thing that like, we were actually made to like survive and thrive and, ch you know, in this. It, so I, right. And for some people, if they don't love animals or appreciate animals, it just always seems sort of silly. Like, you know, what are you doing? Why are you, you know, why are you making this big a deal out of something? But I don't know. I think they're the ones missing out, but yes, I get it. You know, there's, there's also the fear people have too of, you know, pantheism or something, or like it's becoming yeah. worshipful or you're making an idol or it's about golden calves or something. And no, yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. No, no. Yeah. So you have any stories in particular from the book that you'd like to uh, share? Yeah. You know, one of the, my favorite things that I learned um, just in, again, in the process of writing this, you end up, or any book, you know, you end up reading so much and, one of my favorite stories that I came across was about these um, hedgehog highways that exist in England. Um, and just, and honestly, it was the cutest thing in the world. So hedgehogs, apparently, um, I don't know that they're endangered, but a number of them get run over by cars and have difficulty, you know, reaching like squirrels do here, I imagine. So in this one community in England, in order to help save them, they've enlisted people to create what they call hedgehog highways. And it's to cut little like CD sized uh, holes, like in fences and in gardens, <laughs> so that they can work their way through the yards without having to go onto roads and stuff. <gasps> um, and I just honestly thought this is the most delightful thing I've ever heard in my life. So it's like there's this whole town. And so now, of course, I want to go there and see these. <laughs> but just one, the idea of like that community element that people could like gather around and be like, yeah, these poor hedgehogs, we need to help them and then do something adorable. And there's all these little stories of like, you know, kids will create little like welcome hedgehog signs or whatever, uh. and just all these little sweet things um, that again, it's like, you know, you got human ingenuity, you have community bonding, you have saving creation. Um, and so I think that was actually one of my most favorite things that I read. Just, I have never I, heard that one before. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I think it's in my chapter on delight um, and how animals <laughs> teach us to delight. And it was, I mean, the story is just delightful. And yeah, the whole idea is delightful too. So yes, the Hedgehog Highways. <laughs> the Hedgehog Highway. So mm -hmm. do you think that people who are not necessarily as much of an animal lover would still get something out of the book? I hope so. I think so. You know, in general, to me, the, the broader idea of the book is learning to, as people of faith, um, learning to experience and encounter God and in new and different ways. That's kind of, you know, as a person on staff at a church working in the worship department and in, you know, care, I, I want people to know that, that 
yes, we can go to the scriptures and encounter God. And yes, we can come into a church building and encounter God. Um, but it can also happen in lots of other ways. And the more open we are to that, so whether it's by being able to watch, you know, um, a fox chasing a squirrel, as I think I write about like 14 times in my book, because it happens a lot in my neighborhood, um, you know, with being able to see this stuff happening and go like, wow, there's a, you know, a God who is at work in all of this, um, whether it's doing that, whether it's looking at any form of nature or learning to, to read in a way that opens yourself to God. I just feel like as people of faith, um, I don't know, it, it really does something for us when we, when I, we allow our minds to be open to the, the presence and the work of God in different ways. So even if you don't love animals, I would hope that it, it helps broaden maybe your, your spiritual practices a little. Well, it's like, you know, how many of our favorite authors have, you know, encouraged us to pay attention? Yeah. Like, you know, and paying attention to animals is just one yes. of the elements of that and uh, yep. not just overlook them. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, my, uh, the, the subtitle of the book is the animals, you know, how the animals we love and fear connect us to God. And um, for a while, I didn't want to put the fear in there. Um, my editors kind of really pushed that because they kept saying, well, no, but there's something in, and I write about it. It's true. I, I write about my deep, deep fear of snakes in this book. Mm -hmm. Um but even for people who are like apprehensive, you know, what even does that reaction teach us? You know, what does that, um, you know, it's amazing to me is how many people, you know, they get bit by a dog as a child and they can't even look at a dog their whole life. You know, well, what is, what is there to learn in that to even, you know, about each other? So it doesn't have to be all good and happy, I guess. So and you've got rescue dogs too. Yeah. So do you mm -hmm. want to talk a little bit about what that experience has been like for you? Oh, well, I could talk about animal rescue all day. Yeah, I mean, to me, rescuing a dog or any animal is just about the greatest experience. Um, it doesn't mean it's the easiest experience, of course, because, you know, there are the things that people worry about, like, oh, they've had some other owner and, so, you know, there's something wrong. Um, it's definitely, I mean, they've had other owners or, you know, been through other things, but um the experience of rescue is just so profoundly wonderful. One, because you are helping, you're helping the dog you rescue and then also another dog who needs um, a place to be. But I think it just does something deep within us as well, because um, I don't know, learning to live with an animal that has come to you a little bit older with a past, you know, learning to navigate, learning to love in that new way. For me, with pit bulls in particular, who may have, you know, our, our dog, um, Vinny, who is the one who came down here, um, we rescued him from his foster home, and he was picked up on the streets in the west side of Chicago, and he had a huge gash on his head. Mm. Um, we don't know what happened. Nobody probably ever will. Um, but just the idea that he was so trusting and loving and good, even though somehow something like really bad had happened to him. Um, it was just really humbling. You know, I just, there was something about that, like, wow, this dog can come into my home and be loving and sweet. And granted, he's naughty. I can hear he's getting into stuff upstairs as we speak. But <laughs> I'll come up and the garbage will be all over. But, you know, that happens whether you rescue him or not. That's my own failing to train him. Anyway. We've had a couple of rescue dogs, too. And it's just yeah. wonderful experiences. Yeah. I mean, it's right. It's never, you know, you don't want to say like, oh, it's always easy, but I, yeah, I just think it is the the best way to go. And the shelters are full again, too. I just saw that here in Chicago. Um, yeah. 
yeah, they're they're offering. I think even waiving the adoption fees because they're so full. So wow. Wow. anyway, yeah. So um, what would you say would be the number one thing that you'd like people to take away from your book? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think kind of, you know, what I alluded to before, that this is a book about animals. There's a lot of animal stories and a lot of kind of fun things to learn that I discovered along the way, like the hedgehog mm -hmm. highways. Um, but really, it is that broader thing for me about, you know, just the the overwhelming presence of God in nature, um, particularly in animals, and the, the ways that we can connect to God and, and learn about God through that. Um, because I, I do, you know, believe in a God who is intimately involved with creation in this world. I, it's why we need to take care of creation. It's why we need to take care of animals. Um, and I think it's just humbling too that you know particularly when we think about dogs i mean i know there's domestication involved and stuff but just the idea that we have a god who you know gave us dogs through the different channels and i kind of talk about the <laughs> the way they became dogs from wolves and stuff but um yeah it just it, to me it's it's a great way to be a person of faith you know no matter what faith you are um to be a person who's able to experience the presence of god in all sorts of ways so um, you've written so much. What advice do you have for writers who are just getting started? Oh, man. I mean, I think my general rules of thumb are go to the conferences. Brian's, Brian has a bunch of great ones. Um, conferences allow you to learn, you know, in a, in a concentrated way, um, but also to connect with other writers, to connect with agents and editors, which are needed, although agents and editors are much further down if you're just in that beginning process. Um, but really, really learn the craft. I mean, I, I when I'm working with new writers and kind of editing some stuff and coaching stuff, just so often I see like, just go back, take a few steps back, maybe take a class at a community college or again, attend a conference where you can learn some nuts and bolts skills, but really, really work at it. Um, because at the end of the day, we can talk about platform, we can talk about all these things, but if you don't have the, the skill, you're not going to get um, as far as you want to, and it's going to be frustrating for you. So, and read, of course. <laughs> read, 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 read. Yes, yeah. yes. So, what about any future product projects that you can talk to us about? Um, sure. Well, I just had, hold on, I can grab it. I had a Penguins had a picture book release last month um, in conjunction with Shed Aquarium here in Chicago. That was a really, really fun project to write about these two um, penguins who had some adventures during the pandemic. Mm. Um, and I have another book coming out, another picture book. I'm not sure when, and I actually don't know that it's been announced. I don't know that I can talk about that. Yeah, that's fine. Don't. Um, I, won't, I won't do that. But um, anyway, so that'll come out maybe within the next year or so. Um, and then otherwise, I am sort of back to square one where I am developing a couple different ideas, and that's a very exciting place to be. Um, I know a lot of writers are afraid of the blank page. I love it. Um, so I feel really happy when it's like, oh, because it, it's there's been a lot of projects kind of back to back to back to back. And so now it's kind of nice to go, all right, let's just start again, start fresh. Well, very cool. We'll look forward to all of that. Yeah. So, again, the name of the new book is Saints of Feather mm -hmm. and Fang, How the Animals We Love and Fear Connect Us to God. And you can learn more at Karin's website, com. 
Yeah. So, Karen, thank you so much. And uh, thank you. Luck with the rest of your book launch. Okay. Thanks so much, Brian. Appreciate it.